Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio for this Monday, February the 7th. Thank you for listening to AFR. Uh, joining me to co-host today is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. And uh, gentlemen, we got so, so much to talk about in the news. Lots happening, and we're going to get right to that. But before we do that, Ed's going to tell folks out there listening, if they want to join us on the Internet and watch, as you call it, watch radio. Yes. And who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. So if you want to watch us do this program, you can. Yes, there is a way can. for you to do it. Uh-huh. You go to, you go to Facebook or YouTube, search for today's issues. That's right. the name of this program. Click through, you'll be able to watch us do this program if you're into that kind of thing. There are some who like to do that. They like to see Tim when he goes to get his popcorn, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> and uh also now if you uh uh, around your house or somewhere else, and you want to stream the audio of all the programming on AFR, you can do that by going to AFR.net. We stream the audio live uh, as the programs are going on. You can also download podcasts of programs that you might have missed. If you're going to be traveling and away from your terrestrial radio station, you can download the AFR app, and you can listen to AFR programming Anywhere you have a strong signal. Tony Perkins from the Family Research Council, our good friend, will be with us at the bottom of the hour. And we're going to talk about this study that was released last week by Johns Hopkins University saying that basically the lockdown movement didn't work, <laughs> had no effect on on the COVID deaths. Uh so we're going to talk to him about that. That's not getting a whole lot of play in much of the mainstream media because it doesn't fit their narrative, their left-wing narrative. We'll talk to uh, Tony Perkins about that at the bottom of the hour. Hey, real quickly, uh, we've got our spiritual heritage tours coming up later this year in June and September that I will be leading along with my wife, Allison, and Stephen and Beth McDowell of the Providence Foundation so if you'd like to go with us, uh, you need to sign up, need to register because we're halfway, we're over halfway full uh, with our uh, our group this year. We're going to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown as part of our American History Tour, uh, and then uh, we're going to Washington D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon. Some of you have wondered about uh, Washington D.C. because they have the vaccine mandate, you know, in order to wash your hands or walk down the street or uh, walk your dog, whatever you got to have. A, I'm teasing. It's not that extreme, but they do have a vaccine mandate to go, you know, which I think will soon end, but that doesn't apply to us because everything we do is in Virginia uh, on our tour, uh, basically, except for uh, we go to the Bible. Well, no, let me, let me correct myself. Places we would go, which are under the mandate restriction. We don't visit. How about that? We do spend a lot of time in D.C. Obviously, you have to go there to see the places and the monuments and so forth. Uh, but I talked to the Bible Museum, which is part of our group tour as well, and they said uh, museums are not under a vaccine mandate. So 
if that's uh, a consideration, uh, let it not be, because we're we're going to be our our hotel and our meals will be in Washington in uh, in Virginia. <laughs> Doesn't that sound weird? We're going to escape to Virginia <laughs> from our nation's capital in order to be free people, right? I mean, that just sounds so bizarre. But anyway, just wanted people to be aware of, of that. And so, if you want to uh, consider going to any, either of those tours or both of those tours, we'd love to have you. I know many, many of you listening have been with us in the past. But all you need to do to find out the itinerary, the cost, the dates, everything you need to know is at spiritualheritagetours.com. Spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, we're going in June and we're going in September. So uh, take advantage of that if you've never been to those uh, those places. All right, Fred, what's leading the news this morning? Great news. Positive story. Uh-huh. And our American Family Radio audience, I think, had a lot to do with why we have a positive story for you this morning. Remember back just over a month ago uh, on the Sandy Rios program, she introduced us to uh, a lady by the name of Debbie Doster. Debbie Doster has had uh, kidney problems for a number of years now. In fact, we were told on that program in early January, her kidneys had been operating at about 19%. So she was on a kidney transplant list at Vanderbilt University. They had a match. But all of a sudden, she was told that she was off the list, that she was put to the, the bottom of the list at the, at the very least, and the reason was, they told her, she had not had the vaccination. She did not take the, the COVID, COVID vaccination. The COVID vaccination. So, taken off the list, she needs a kidney. There's a match. But no, we're not going to allow this to go forward. Well, our listeners heard the story, Tim. This morning. Yeah. They, now they heard the story, this, the updated story this morning. And here's the updated story. She is back on the active list. We praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Debbie was on uh, with Sandy this morning, and this is what she had to say, Cut 11. I just want to thank and praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is a beautiful, wonderful, good, good Father, and He looks out after all of us. Even when we don't sense His presence, He's walking with us through the valleys. I want to thank you. I want to thank Deborah Catalano from Liberty Council. Um, I want to thank the hundreds and thousands of people who listen to your show, who have called, written letters, emails to the appropriate authorities that have made my reactivation on the kidney transplant list a reality. Well, we Amen. praise God with Debbie Amen. there. That's a great, and we, we mentioned that on this program, Walker did on his show. So a lot of AFR listeners got uh, involved in praying for and making a phone call on Debbie's behalf to Vanderbilt University, their hospital there. And let me just say this. This is truly a miracle. Mm-hmm. I know firsthand, I can't tell you how I know this, but uh, it's not any big secret. The leadership there at Vanderbilt Hospital, uh, they were steadfast. that They were not going to allow Debbie to have a transplant unless she got a COVID vaccine shot. This was three weeks ago or so, a month ago, maybe. <clears throat> and now, for some reason, they've changed their minds. And we just uh, want to, I think they've done the right thing. We applaud them for changing their minds on this mm-hmm. and giving Debbie hope 
with the kidney transplant. She was at the top of the list. She was ready to go. They had right. a match. They just stopped it because she wouldn't get the COVID vaccine shot. Now they've said, no, we're not going to let that be a prohibiting factor any longer. And, and so we uh, praise the Lord for that. Ed? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is great news. You know, our listeners take these kinds of things personally when they hear about somebody suffering or going through a, an injustice or, you know, in this case, being squeezed out of uh, the possibility of life. I mean, this would have been a death sentence for her, for Debbie Doster, not to get the kidney transplant. You know, your kidneys are going at 19%, any little kind of hiccup, and your life's over. So um, our listeners prayed uh, on several of our shows we turned them loose to contact the people at Vanderbilt University, and um, and and so God turned this situation. Like you said, the the the, the people, the officials at Vanderbilt were, were dead set. No, we are absolutely not going to. And as we know, God can turn the hearts. Yeah. So praise the Lord for Debbie's situation, and and uh, I, I would just say this too. I think this may be a sign that the pandemic is over as far as a national crisis, even in the medical field, the medical community. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I think these kinds of, I think a, a return to normal is on the horizon, uh, on the near horizon for us here in the United States and maybe around the world. Yeah. So, uh, a pan- been, a, been a long two years too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this seems, it, it seems like a dream. I mean, when I remember back just about two years yeah. ago when a bad dream at that, a bad dream, <laughs> you know, when there's nobody out and people, people were scared, you know, yeah. and, uh, God is bringing us through. So well, we, we, you know, so praise the Lord for Debbie in that situation, Fred. But you know, there are many people who believe there are governments in control these days that want to keep the restrictions on the American public. And you may have heard about this little trucker protest up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, <little>. Ottawa. <laughs> uh, uh, at, at one point, these truckers get together. The reason they did was because Canada introduced, and the United States, by the way, have introduced mandates on truckers. When they cross the border, if, if it's an American trucker, Canadian trucker going it back into Canada, if they're not vaccinated, they have to pull their rig off to the side and go into quarantine for two weeks. That so, was, so ridiculous. And Joe Biden did the same thing for American truckers coming back into the United States. Quarantine unless you have a vaccination. It was the straw that broke the camel's back because the truckers said, we can't exist this way. And so they got this caravan together. It started in British Columbia, the West Coast, about 10 days ago. It picked up steam. At one point on their way to Ottawa, it was 40 miles long. Canadians were gathered along the Trans-Canada Highway, the Canadian flags. This has turned into a revolt of national significance. And international, too. And international. <laughs> Trucker disputes are now coming right. up in Germany right. and other places around the world. And there's, there's plans for one here in the United States as well within about three weeks or so. So now you've got these thousands and thousands of people. They're not all truckers. <laughs> There are now supporters of these truckers. There are people from Quebec, from Alberta. They're all getting together. Native Indians, Sikhs from the Sikh religion in Canada. They're all there, thousands of them. They've been there seven or eight days now. And this is really, and it's all about the mandates. They want the mandates over. 
Now, the mainstream media and Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, say these are just fringe. Fringe. Not so. Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, was on Fox and Friends this morning. They've been covering this. And this is what he had to say about the trucker situation in Canada, too. Cut to. Well, I think you have a straight-out power struggle between the people uh, and the government. And you have a government that's all across the planet that's using the epidemic as an excuse to impose its will, to try to uh, coerce people into obeying. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think uh, it's taking no prisoners. I mean, the fact is, you know, I would have thought the Canadians had a long tradition of being relatively polite, nice people. Right. But now that you have truckers challenging the government, uh, the government's reacting ferociously, more, more ferociously uh, than you'd ever have for that kind of a protest in the U.S., which to me is amazing. I think it bears repeating, Fred, what you just said three minutes ago. What is it exactly that these truckers and others, Canadians, are protesting? They want the end of mandates. And the mandates are? And the mandates, very similar to here in the United States, the mask mandates. Uh, you can't move, in some cases, you can't move from province to province. You have to stay in your own province. Now, without the vaccine uh, or, or just proof, of, vac proof pro of vaccination. Or you can't move from province to province regardless. That, that There have been stages of that okay. in, in Canada. They want an end to it. Enough is enough. You can't go into a restaurant without a vaccine passport. They're saying this is ridiculous. They're saying we're, we're done. We want our, it's called a freedom, freedom protest. They say we don't want China. Yeah. We don't want it. We yeah. want our freedom back. Well, also, uh, I was in particular for the truckers in their profession, uh, what they're saying is, I was reading a trucker the other day, he was saying, look, I drive my truck by myself. I deliver the goods. I back my truck up. Somebody uh, takes it off the truck. Some, some guys take it off the truck. They put the papers in the front of my cab, and I'm gone. Yeah, right. <laughs> he said. No interaction with people. No, but, very no, little. Very little at all. Interaction with people, and there, there's no need for this. And and this is a. Uh, and how oppressive is it? I didn't realize it was 14 days of quarantine and whatever you said, Fred. Yeah, it is. 14 days of quarantine. Yeah. You take a trucker, he can't do his business for 14 days. Not to mention the fact the companies that he's contracted with to move their goods. Yeah. Uh, uh, either you get a forced shot or you have to, or, or your, basically your life is... Um, stopped for two weeks. Stopped. And I didn't realize it was... So, that would be like... Province to province would be like uh, state to state here in the U.S. where Correct. you had to stop. Every state has their own. Yes. You can't go from Mississippi to Alabama or from Kansas to Oklahoma unless you have a, a vaccine shot mm -hmm. proof. Is that what you're that, talking about? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's it exactly. And, and, yeah, well, good for them. I hope they're successful. Trudeau, the prime minister there, is calling them crazy. He's arrogant. Of course, they're being accused of being racist. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> there was one guy with a Confederate flag, and the mainstream media said, there you go. They're a when, bunch of racists. Yeah. When all else fails, call them racist. Well, and, and here's the thing. This this really is extraordinary moment in Western, let's just at least say Western civilization history, because you really do have the sides clarify, being clarified, who's on whose side, because this uh, protest effort, Okay, was shut down by Facebook. Yeah, 
You have GoFundMe who didn't want to distribute the funds that were being raised. You have these big social media companies and some of these other left-wing groups are siding with authoritarian, let's just say authoritarian, I don't want to overstate the case, but authoritarian regimes like in Canada, like in the blue states here, like under the Biden administration, all these groups, these companies are siding with them. And people are getting a clear look at what the world would be like with all these huge multinational corporations and big social media siding with an authoritarian government, what their lives would look like. Yeah, I think, and I think that you have all the freedom-loving people on the other side seen hey, clearly. The, the, the GoFundMe uh, part of this story—that—that's a great part of this story too. They had raised uh, supporters of the truckers had raised over ten million dollars on GoFundMe. Somebody got to GoFundMe and said, uh, "We're not going to allow uh, raising money anymore. In fact, we're giving you a few days if you want your money back. If you don't, we're going to give it to the charity of our choice." Guess what happened? Governor DeSantis of Florida threatened to charge them with fraud. GoFundMe. Boy, did they back away quickly. Yep. Now they're going to give all their money back. There's now a, a, a Christian GoFundMe, for want of a better term, and there's already money pouring into that. Where is that? Do you know what that I don't. I don't know that. I, I'll have to get that okay. for you. Okay. It's been identified as a Christian entity. Now, GoFundMe, their, their rationale for saying, no, we're not going to distribute the funds to right. the truckers, was that they were told, this is what they said, mm. we were told this protest is violent <laughs> and illegal. Now, I don't know if it, it may be illegal in Canada. I don't know what the rules for, you know, protests and congregating to, uh, re, you know, re, requests, you know, a, redre a redress of grievances like we have here in this country. But to call this violent, was absurd on its face. There has been no violence here. It's except, been a big party, except for something over the weekend. Didn't somebody try to drive through a, they did. a group? So the violence hasn't been on the side of those protesting. That's right. That's yeah. right. So um, we will continue to follow this story, but good for governor DeSantis yes. uh, of Florida to get involved here because <clears throat> he was going to have his, uh, whatever agency in Florida would, the attorney general, the attorney general, gonna... investigate this uh, GoFundMe because basically GoFundMe was about to take the money and distribute it the way they wanted of the people who gave to the truckers and uh, without any, you know, without any um, recourse for the people who gave donated yeah. the money. And DeSantis said that's fraud. I think Texas was about was about to Texas do the same, yeah, thing. same thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see if the same thing happens here in the United States. Uh, like I say, it's absolutely huge in Canada for, for a country. Well, all the mandates, all the mandates are uh, of any kind are about to have to go away. Quite frankly, uh, they're un completely and totally unnecessary any longer. The pandemic's about faded, uh, completely. In fact, New Jersey, a blue state announced this morning, their governor, uh, that they're taking the mask off the children at school. Uh, I, I don't know how many places still have that. I guess they're out in California and maybe. Well, New York and some other places, which is our next story. <laughs> it's uh, do as I say, don't do as I do story. Stacey Abrams uh, from Georgia. Former gubernatorial candidate in Georgia and yeah. a pretty well-known uh, Democratic uh, Party 
player. Yeah. Uh, she's caught in a picture. She goes to school, and all these kids are masked sitting around her, but she has no mask on. Yeah. And some folks are upset about this, including uh, Jeremy Hunt, who is a Republican uh, member of Congress from Georgia. He was on Fox and Friends this morning. Cut four. I mean, as we're campaigning for Congress, I'm going around the district here, and parents are telling me, look, they're sick of the mask mandates. I mean, even as me, I'm a father of a two-year-old little girl. I'm sick of putting a mask on my daughter just going to the airplane, going on an airplane these days. I mean, it, it's gotten out of control. I think this November, voters are going to show up to the polls and send a loud and clear message to the Democrat Party that they have completely missed it. Well, yeah. if you hadn't seen this picture, folks, it's classic. It's got Stacey Abrams, and she's a part of the mask up uh, Democrat establishment, right? Right. Yes. And she's, I don't know, I don't know why she had this idea that this would be a good picture. Did she send it out? I, th I, I think it was part of Black History Month. She was visiting a school. Yeah. Yeah. So she was speaking. So you have this picture of Stacey Abrams sitting on the floor. And all these children have their mask on behind her, and she doesn't have a mask on, and she's supposed to be setting the example for for safety. I'm sorry. <laughs> huh? I know. You get choked up over this. She needs to be showing care and concern for, for the safety of those children, <laughs> and she doesn't have a mask on. There's no, many, no telling how many people she spread. Yes. Who potentially could have spread the virus to. Uh, but she decided not to wear a mask in the height of selfishness. She's a, she's a super spreader. Yeah, yeah. by herself. Well, uh, you know what this means. There are other examples Fred's about to give. Uh, the mask don't matter any longer no. if they ever worked at all. Mm. I think a lot of people now are uh, even, I've heard scientists and so forth saying the N95 is the only mask that have any chance of stopping the spread. If it's used properly. Right. Other than that, the cloth mask. Right. You might as well uh, be wearing a paper sack. Well, a paper, well, paper sack, sack might work. That better. might work. Of course, you die of asphyxiation <laughs> yeah. if you didn't. If, if now, you, is it, it? They the airlines still have the, the mask. They don't mandates. want it. Are they still? They still in place? They're still. These? Yeah, till April, I think. That's a federal government issue. Yeah. A, uh, uh, FAA maybe mandate, yeah. but uh, De I know Delta and Southwest was it. Their CEOs uh, appealed to the de the federal government to, to take, end it. take this away because they said their uh, filtered air, for lack of a better term, on the airplanes uh, make the mask irrelevant. Is what yeah, they, the, what their they were uh, air filtration systems they said make the the air inside the cabin cleaner and yeah. less prone to the spread of a virus. Then outside, yeah. But yet there were they, two year olds and up have to have masks. Yeah. So uh, st now Stacey Abrams wasn't the only Democrat. No, uh, Congressman Jamal Bowman of New York, Democrat congressman, caught maskless in a New York high school. The students all around him are all masked. There he stands, no mask on. Yeah, yeah. They're and forced also, to wear the mask. Also, the mayor of New York City. Yes, Eric Adams, Eric Adams in a restaurant where it's supposed to have masks on everybody, and he doesn't have a mask. On. There's his smiling face. Of course, the uh, the other the restaurant staff. Why don't. is this going on? Why we had the at California the the governor the mayor of San Francisco mayor of L A. They're at the football game, no mask on. Yes. Why are they telling everybody else in their state they got a mask up and they won't wear them? Yeah. And they no, no, I'm not saying they don't wear them all the time. I'm saying 
they don't have any problem having pictures of themselves taken with no mask. Oh. Why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? I'm gonna I'm gonna use the H word here. Okay. Hypocrisy. Okay. You didn't you think that was what I was gonna say? No hypocrisy. Hi- and, hypocrisy. And do you think that they really don't believe? That's it. Yeah. In mass? It's not about health. It's about control. Pressure. Control. Control. Right. Yeah. All right. We'll be back momentarily. Tony Perkins will be joining us. Stay with us. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. If you like trips where you have to plan everything, then uh, maybe our tour is not for you. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman with American Family Association and American Family Radio. Of course, I'm talking about our spiritual heritage tours of Washington, D.C., Mount Vernon, and then a separate trip to Williamsburg, Virginia. But we take these spiritual heritage tours twice a year, once in June and once in September, and guess what? We take care of everything. All you have to do is, as they say, show up. Uh, Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, who is a historian, will be joining us for both tours, and uh, he will comment and tell you everything you need to know about the places, the times, the events that we will experience on these tours of Washington, D.C. and Williamsburg. For all the information, Just go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com for everything. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. At Liberty University, we're proud to support those who serve and protect us every day, like first responders and past and present military members and their spouses. As thanks for your service, we offer special tuition rates and discounts. You'll also find deployment-friendly classes and degrees tailored to your specific interests and career goals. Learn how Liberty designs degrees just for you by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Teenagers across the nation are staging protests at their public schools angry over mandatory mask and vaccine policies. In Germantown, Tennessee, unmasked students were sent to end school suspension. Same thing happened in other parts of the country. One Virginia school district threatened to have unmasked students arrested, charged with trespassing. In Washougal, Washington, dozens of young people walked out of class the other day, held a demonstration. Video of the protest has gone viral, seen by more than one million people. You can watch that video on my website. One student organizer said the protest was not an excuse to be rude to the teachers. Instead, it was a moment to be peaceful, respectful, and most importantly, to regain their rights as freedom-loving citizens of America. And that is why this journalist still has hope for our nation. Order a copy of my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available at your favorite bookstore or toddsturns.com. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the uh, program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. We thank you for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Tagliano and Fred Jackson. Joining us now is our good friend, Tony Perkins. Tony is the uh, president of the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C., and is heard each afternoon here on AFR, weekday afternoons, from 4 to 5 o'clock Central Time with Washington Watch. And uh, Tony had a column late last week uh, that I wanted to have him on to talk about regarding the uh, Johns Hopkins University study. And for you folks who uh, wrote Ed and I last week and said it's not John Hopkins, it's John's. We hear you. We received, I hope you're happy. We received that rebuke. <laughs> I don't know who called it John, but it's John's. John's. John's Hopkins. Uh, Tony, good morning to you. Good morning, Tim's. How are you? <laughs> Tim's. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> I, I've been called worse. Tim's. Uh, are you in D.C. or Baton Rouge today? I am in I'm in Baton Rouge today, so I'm uh, down here where it's a little bit warmer. Uh, not much. I had a cold spell, but it's uh, a little warmer than D.C. I, I headed out of D.C. this past weekend. Gotcha. Tell us about your column uh, that I'm talking about. Well, it, it was a study that was conducted by Johns Hopkins related to the lockdowns. <clears throat> and, you know, what, what's important about this is, you know, we, we've gone through a little over two years of these, uh, you know, COVID responses where, you know, we had the lockdowns, we've had the mask, we've had the vaccine mandates, we've had all this stuff, and, and very little study has been done. And we have deviated quite significantly from past uh, procedures for uh, dealing with pandemics such as this. And so in this particular uh, study, they looked at the implications of the lockdowns and whether or not it actually had the effect of reducing uh, COVID-19 infections and deaths. And what they found was that it really didn't. The mortality rate in the United States and Europe dropped by a measly 0.2%, while deaths from suicide, overdoses, starvation, and lack of medical care literally took the lives of thousands. And so the, the whole point of this was this was something that Dr. Fauci was pushing early on, that we had to shut this stuff down. And so politicians, including starting with uh, Donald Trump, who was president at the time, listened to Fauci because he is the chief medical advisor to the president. But there was very little evaluation of those decisions. And there were few voices that were speaking into this. And, and now what we find is that was not good advice. But there's more to it, Tim and Ed. There's more to it is that there's a problem, a fundamental flaw in the system. Dr. Fauci, who is not only the chief medical advisor to the president, he is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And so what the experts are saying is that as he made these calls, he was influencing others 
who could speak into this because the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases controls the grants that goes to many of these other researchers, and they were afraid to speak out and challenge him. And he used that position to essentially silence other voices that could have spoken into this situation. Our guest is Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council. The article we're discussing uh, with Tony is one that he wrote, The Lockdown Takedown, New Study Finally finally Isolates Facts. We have posted that, uh, a link to that on our Facebook page. Uh, Tony, let me ask you this. You start off this uh, uh, great column saying, three months after Dr. Anthony Fauci declared, I am the science, the science begs to disagree. Um, what do you think the long-term effect is going to be on the confidence that Americans have in the scientific and medical communities after we have had Fauci uh, at all um, basically saying, we know what we're doing, we understand what we're dealing with, here's what you must do, and yet we see the evidence piling up and the changes and the crawfishing, as you might call it, uh, when Fauci says, I'm the science, what are people going to think about science going forward? Well, they're certainly not going to have a high opinion of it. Uh, and that's just not, that's not my view. Uh, I have had a, a number of scientists and medical uh, professionals on the program, on my program, Washington Watch, discussing this in, in last week, what prompted me to write this piece Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who is a professor of medicine at Stanford University and one of the authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, and I quote him in this article, that, you know, in my conversation with him, he's the one that's saying, look, all of these, you know, like myself, I was kind of sidelined. They called me, uh, they, they basically said I was fringe, I was a fringe uh, scientist. And so anyone who tried to challenge, they pushed them to the side. And so as I have asked the scientists, the medical professionals, I said, what, what impact do you think this is going to have? To, to a T, uh, they all said, this is, this is going to cause uh, more and more people now to question the science because it has been politicized by individuals like Tony Fauci. It's uh, Fred here. You know, uh, during the pandemic, if you watch CNN and NBC and CBS, Johns Hopkins was the Bible. They had the latest figures from Johns Hopkins on cases, on how many deaths. We saw that for two years. Don't you find it kind of strange that CNN and the other major networks don't want to talk about this study from Johns Hopkins? I don't find it strange at all. You know, what we have found through this is that the use of fear has been very effective in controlling a large portion of the American population. And, of course, we now know. I mean, the last six years, for those who didn't know, it's made it abundantly clear that the media is – the legacy media is a part of the – opposition party to conservative constitutional ideas. They are, they are now, without question, a part of the leftist agenda in this country. And so, no, they're not going to report on anything like this. Uh, they're going to sit on it. They're only going to use what helps them advance their narrative. Let me ask you this. Uh, by the way, we're talking to Tony Perkins. This column that Tony wrote that we're talking about, I'm sure you can find it at uh, the Family Research Council website, uh, but we also have it at uh, our Facebook page for today's issues. Uh, 
Brent just posted it there if you if you want to check it out uh, there as well. It's called the Lockdown Takedown by Tony Perkins. Uh, you know, uh, going forward now, Tony, do you think we're about to uh, get back to normal in the next? Uh, I don't. Let me rephrase the question this way: We were talking at our Monday morning meeting with some of our staff this morning about the Biden administration, what to do now, because the, uh, I just, just told you, New Jersey announced this morning, the governor said no more masks for our kids in school. Americans, uh, blue states and red states, the red states have been better all along, but even the blue states are beginning to say now, let's get back to normal, M- many of them, not all of them. Um, but the, the Biden administration's kind of stuck, it seems to me, politically, because they want to claim victory over COVID, right? And then we can get back to normal. That would be a success for them politically. On the other hand, Biden's got all these mandates out there still. I know he was overruled at the Supreme Court on uh, company mandates for 100 employees or more. But still, he's got all the military mandates, federal contractor mandates, medical personnel mandates that he's trying to impose for forced vaccination. When now, A, we know that vaccination doesn't work uh, any longer uh, in terms of getting or getting COVID or spreading COVID. We know that for a fact, especially Omicron. Uh, we, we've had their we've had our five millionth breakthrough case. Uh, you know, in the last, <laughs> every day's got multiple breakthrough cases, and you're just going, quick, stop with the charade any longer. Just say the vaccine doesn't work against Omicron. Just right. say that. Okay. So he's stuck, seems to me, between continuing on with the mandates against, a, uh, against something he would have to say is over now. The pandemic's over. So how do, how do you think they're going to handle that one? Well, he's like one of those addicted gamblers down there on the Gulf Coast. He just can't cut his losses. You know, right. Just, let's just roll one more time, and, and we're going to make this thing happen. Um, you're right. I mean, not only is it, you know, red and blue states here in the United States, but even, you know, some of these uh, socialist-leaning countries in Europe right. uh, are saying, you know, all right, back to normal. I mean, U.K., uh, you've got uh, Finland. You've got other countries that are saying, "Hey, look, we're, we're just we we can't keep doing this," because it it is we've never responded like this, and people are now beginning to see the effects of these oh the, the, these overreaching policies by by the government. So, I, I think there's a couple of uh, to respond very quickly to your question. I think number one, it's like I don't know. Some of you probably remember Irma Bombeck. She said, yeah. "Normal is only a setting on your dryer." I don't think we're ever going to get back to the way we were. I think this is a part – we just have to learn to live with it. There's going to be another variant that comes by. But there's a a research I'm going to talk about today on my program with Dr. Marty McCary who has actually studied the effects of natural immunity and that it is much broader in society than what uh, the federal government has wanted to recognize. And it is a key part of going forward in terms of creating that herd immunity that we heard about early on. By the way, we just got a call from Dr. Fauci, (laughs) and he's wanting to know, Tony, this uh, something – what you? He wants to know more about this natural immunity thing. 
because he's not sure about it. He's not sure about that. Yeah. You you know, you're you're so right, because I I recall it was probably a few months back, and I'm going to play a clip of it today. He was asked on uh, CNN about natural immunity. He goes, well, you know, that's a good question. We ought to study it. I'll circle back to you. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, told, I told Ed at the time, that's like asking a mathematician, is two plus two four and him going, I don't know, we're going to research that. <laughs> yeah, but, I'll but, you, but But see, that is, that is a part of the problem here, that we've had him as the chief uh, medical advisor to the president giving input into policy that he has no business speaking into because when you look at lockdowns, you look at these mask mandates, you look at these vaccine mandates and its implications for the rest of society. I mean, it's like asking a mortician what type of what type of vitamins you should take. I mean, <laughs> you, you need to ask the right questions and it is, okay, give me your advice, but then you need to get the input from everybody else. You look at the mental health aspects of these right. lockdowns. You look at the economic impact. You ought to be hearing from your commerce department. You need to be hearing from, you know, your health health and human ho- human services. So, and, and then the other aspect, and I'm already talk, I'm talking with uh, legislators, members of Congress about this. These two roles have to be separated. You cannot have the national director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases sitting on a $6 billion budget that's issuing grants be the same person who gives medical advice to the president and has the ability of silencing anyone who would take issue with what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I was reading a, um, I was trying to look it up, but I can't find it. There's a prominent doctor at uh, Harvard, and uh, I was reading this over the weekend, and he was, he was saying, he was saying we, 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 we cannot, do this again. We cannot allow the uh, infectious disease researchers and uh, experts, which they have their role, they have their place, yeah, but we can't allow, we can't, this was a doctor saying, we have to return public health um, initiatives uh, to basically doctors and not having completely on this particular area because if you leave it up to them, you know, you can't go back to normal till you have zero cases. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, you the old saying, every uh, to a hammer, everything's a nail. Yeah. Um, you know, so to this guy who makes his living dealing with uh, infectious diseases, I mean, that's all he's focused on. And right. he, he doesn't even take into consideration the other uh, unintended consequences of the policy recommendations that he's making. Yeah. Hey, Tony, thanks so much. We look forward to your show this afternoon. And, uh, Appreciate you uh, being on with us this morning. All right, guys. Always great to talk with you. Okay, thank you. That's Tony Perkins joining us from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. What's... What did he say to to a hammer? Everything's everything's a nail. nail. That's a a great way to. I I am. That's that's my. You know my my statement. I I I don't mind sharing it with the world, but. my expression i uh, in this regard you know we've learned a lot in two years at least i hope we have Mm -hmm. um i I do sympathize more with president trump's plight in all this than anyone else uh, in political leadership because he was put in a uh, precarious situation Maybe that's not the right word, but just think about him for a minute. Um, he is president of the United States in the middle of, well, 
what, maybe two-thirds of his presidency or three-quarters of his presidency for his first term, being very much successful in terms of the economy, right? in terms of... Um, uh, Almost all his policies were uh, working. Yes, yes. Now, he was under the Russia, Russia, Russia investigation where it turned out to be nothing, but uh, the, me- the liberal media and the Democrats tried to harass him with with the Mueller report for two years, which turned out to be an absolute dud. There's no, right. nothing there. But anyway, that being said, we know of the that kind of uh, pressure that he was under. But but all in all, his presidency, uh, from the things that really matter to the American people, the day-to-day living, the economy, you know, gas and employment, and then, uh, it, we know that the employment was doing well, really well for all segments of our society, blacks, Hispanics, uh, whites, everybody. So everything's rocking and rolling along. And then in, what, February of 2020, in walks a, a guy I doubt that, that uh, Trump even knew existed. Uh, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci walks in with uh, several other white coats, and, and they tell him, hey, you're going to have to shut down the American economy or millions of people are going to die. That, that's basically- they did say they were predicting more than 2 million deaths. Right. That, 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 so they walk in and tell Mr. Trump, President Trump this. And can you imagine being told that? And you're going, wait, what? Right. You know, basically, President Trump had no experience in right. infectious disease. You know, he, he's a business guy. And and uh, and then a politician, uh, you know, as a president, he's somewhat of a politician. So uh, he's, he, he's having to make these decisions listening to the, as I say, the people in white coats uh, while Americans are watching television and people are dying in Italy, like dropping like flies. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. It looked like, it looked like a modern version of the, the plague. Yeah. The Black death. And so we didn't, we didn't know exactly what this is, but when you got that kind of situation facing you as president Trump did, you know, they were told him you got to shut down the economy for what, two weeks or three weeks to bend the curve, to flatten the curve, flatten the curve, I should say. And then of course, everything after that was kind of, would you call it sort of fly by the seat of your pants? Well, it was a lot of, it was a lot of guesswork because they didn't, it was a novel virus. They didn't know. You remember Fauci famously said, no, masks aren't going to help. It might make you feel better, but it's, it's not going to help. You don't need to wear masks. You know, and then he they, said that early on. Yes, that was in March of 2020, and then later on, he said, "No, you do need to wear masks." And then after that, he said, "Well, when I told everyone not to wear masks, I knew I believed that masks did work, but we wanted to save the masks for the medical." And thus began the distrust. Yes, of one Dr. Anthony so he, Fauci, he and said, others. "I lied to you." I mean, he didn't admit it, but that's well, he he did admit it, but he didn't put it in those words. He said, "I knew that wasn't true." We did need to mask up, but we needed those masks for the medical yeah. people. And but that you know that I just I think uh, Biden uh, deserves less. Um, how would I say sympathy? Because he knew mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. when he started yes. uh, when he ran for president. Because he said, "I will shut down the virus." Yeah, he made that claim, and he also claimed that anybody that had the number of deaths on his watch as president should resign basically in shame 
and he was talking then as a candidate about President Trump. Right. Just waylaying Trump for the deaths from COVID in America, putting it all on him. And then when Biden gets into office, there are more deaths on his watch than there were on Trump's, and he doesn't resign. So right. he, he was just saying that. What, what's shameful about that? And I'm not saying Republicans can't do this kind of thing from time to time, too. I'll, a lot of so, uh, but the, but what was absolutely shameful about that on Biden was he's blaming deaths. He, he's blaming hundreds of thousands of deaths, and he's saying that it's Trump's fault that they died, right? Uh, to score political points, to try to win votes by saying, yes, vote for me, Biden, because I will save lives. Trump kills people with his policies. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't Joe Biden, when he was running for president, didn't he say no mandates? I'm oh, never he gonna, did. I'm he never lied about mandate. The, oh, yeah, I'm he gonna, did a bait I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down no the No mandates. Economy. He said yeah. no mandates. Right. And then he did, as I, I call it a bait and switch. Then he yeah. switched. He got elected. He got into office. He said, yeah, mandates. Uh, so the, so I mean, yes, President Trump made his mistakes along the way, but he was you got to put yourself in his situation. He was learning day by day as we go, and he was trying to balance his instincts versus what Anthony Fauci's telling him. And he's probably having to think too: what if I'm wrong? I mean, he may not have said that much out loud. That's why not President Trump's not not not. Uh, Famous for saying I, I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he had to be trying to judge in that day to day to day going, what's, what's the best thing to do here? Um, but with Biden, it was let's exploit the pandemic and the suffering that the American people has caused. Let's blame it all on Trump, even the deaths. Let's blame it on Trump so that maybe I can win if enough people think the pandemic is his fault. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the shamefulness of, of the approach of Biden and the Democrats, especially during the presidential election. And now we see the Democrat leaders all over the country have mask mandates on little children in schools, and they don't wear the mask themselves. Yeah. Why? Because it's all about control. Evidently, they really don't believe that masks prevent the spread of disease, or they would be wearing them in public. They wouldn't dare be seen. I don't care what you're... What your excuse is, mayor of L.A., I wasn't breathing. <laughs> right. I wasn't breathing while they took the picture of me. And now Stacey Abrams in Georgia is over there trying to claim racism. Yes. I mean, come on. Just because people are asking her why she wasn't masked. Yeah. And then she went, play the race card. Yeah. We ain't got nothing. So what do you do? Well, tell them they're racist. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think the one of the biggest victims of all of this has been the kids being forced to wear these masks. It's time to take them off. Time to take it off. You know, uh, the new governor in Virginia, Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, day one, executive order. Parents, you decide whether your kid wears a mask to school or not. Do you know there are school officials, union officials, uh, one of them, Janet Davidson, who is the co-assistant principal at Crichton's Corner Elementary School in Loudoun County. I want you to listen to what she had to say to parents last week because she's refusing to go along with the governor's executive order on this. Cut seven. Um, until you arrive, your children will be held in an in-school restriction situation here at school. 
Um, it is important that I point out to you, it's stated in the letter that she'll receive, but it's important that I point out to you that they are not allowed on campus or on Loudoun County Public School property. Um, starting tomorrow, it will be considered trespassing. So it's important that I make that statement to you. Uh, but we'll look forward to hearing from you uh, via phone so you can let us know when so you'll how, be able how to long can up. How long can they be suspended for? The guidelines that we're receiving from the county is student suspensions will end as soon as they are fully following mitigation policies. We're going to charge your kids with trespassing if they show up without a mask. Even though the policy of Virginia, yes, about Gov- Governor uh, Youngkin, yes, is they don't have to wear masks anymore. And listen, talk about uh, putting on a big show or just outright lying. We look forward to hearing from your parent, you parents, right. Right. and what you think about. No, you don't look forward to hearing about it because <laughs> we don't care what you think. No, right, that's right. right. Next story, Fred. We got two or three minutes here. All right. Is there, um, is there a world problem we can solve? <laughs> yes. I, a couple of minutes, Ed and I. You don't know. You may have been. Don't underestimate us. You may have been watching uh, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not a lot of people are watching the Olympics. The crowds are down 40, 50 percent. Uh, Congressman uh, Michael Waltz, um, he's upset that the Olympics are being held in a country that persecutes people. We're talking about the Uyghurs there. So he created an ad genocide uh olympics ad it's 25 seconds do we have time brent to play that uh it's cut number nine the world's greatest athletic showcase but just outside the show rape genocide slave labor american companies are drunk on chinese dollars entangled with communist dictators committing atrocities and propping up these genocide games staged by the chinese communist party and what can we do? Stand for freedom. Defund the dictators. When you see made in China, put it down. There you have it. That's a great ad. NBC, though, is refusing to run that ad. Yeah. Surprised? No, because they don't want China to arrest all their reporters. Yes. <laughs> over there. We'll be back in five minutes after the news. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.